Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Kathy Kuhn, and I'm the Counseling Director here at Rolling Hills. We're continuing in our series, Engage, and today's sermon focus is evangelism. God's calling for each of us is to know Him and to make His name known. And that's why evangelism is so essential as followers of Jesus. We're glad you've joined us as we learn from the book of Acts and today's message from Pastor Jeff. Now, let's dive in. the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Uh, Well, good morning, church. Good morning. It's so good to be together. I'm so glad to be here today. So thankful for you being here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to everybody who's watching online from wherever you are in the city, the country, the world. I believe God brought us together today to hear from him. Uh, You know, it was May 26, 1940 in World War II. And the German army had pinned British and French soldiers there at the Battle of France at Dunkirk. And you may remember this from history, you may be studying about this, but there were 331,000 troops pinned on the beaches there in northern France. And I mean, the situation was dire, right? I mean, the British naval ships could not get in to rescue the soldiers because the waters were too shallow, so they're stuck out at sea. These soldiers are being pressed by the German army. I mean, it looks like the war's over. I mean, there's a dire situation because after these troops, 331,000, I mean, you're talking about one-third of a million of soldiers right there captured by the Germans. I mean, they have no way out. And the, the avenue now to Britain through London is wide open. And so all of a sudden, the Germans, after they take out these troops, are heading straight toward Britain, and nothing is gonna stop them. The prime minister, right, Winston Churchill at the time, I mean, the situation is so dire, and everybody's looking for an answer, and trying to figure out what to do, and, and he came up with this brilliant idea. He said, I'm gonna send a plea out to normal everyday citizens who have a fishing boat, who have a yacht, who have a paddle steamer. I, I'm gonna get people involved. And he sent a call out, and 850 private boats showed up at Ramsgate, England, and made the trip down on May 26th. And for nine days, Operation Dynamo, these private vessels, no military training, right? And they're not under the British naval fleet. These are ordinary people who took their own private boats and said, we're gonna get involved and began the journey. There were ships like the Royal Daffodil that went down and rescued 7,641 soldiers and took them back to England. There were ships like the Massey Shaw who was hit a couple of times by bombs but limped its way back with over 500 soldiers. There were ships that went in that were fishing boats that went seven different times to rescue soldiers. And in a matter of nine days, they rescued 330,000 British and French troops and brought them back to fight the battle again. Winston Churchill said before the House of Commons on June 4th, 1940, he said, we will fight on the beaches and gave this incredible speech. And then he called it the miracle of deliverance. The miracle of deliverance. 
But you see, something happened when all of a sudden ordinary people got involved. Something happened when people began to engage in the battle. I mean, the whole thing changed. I mean, Britain could be German right now, right? Everything could have changed. The war could have been over at that point. But evil was defeated because people got involved and engaged. Welcome back to our series. We're in this incredible series called Engage. And what we said is we live in a world and we live in a culture where it's so easy to sit back. And everybody does it in our culture, right? We sit back and watch others. We watch others play sports. You know? We sit back in the stands. We watch others at concerts. We watch Netflix, Disney+. Plus. Uh, we sit back and we watch people on social media and watch people live their lives. And sometimes that comes over to our spiritual life. And we just go, oh, well, other people can do it. You know, there's other people that can do this. They're trained. They're professionals. We'll let them do it. And yet God calls all of us to engage. And when you look back in the book of Acts at the early church, that's why the church grew. That's why it grew because in Acts chapter 2, it says they devoted themselves the early church was 3,000 people. It was a big church, but all of them engaged. All of them were invested in what God was doing. And it says they devoted themselves to these seven aspects that we're studying here in these 40 days of spiritual growth. They devoted themselves to a community. They said, we're not gonna go through life alone. We're not gonna isolate. We're gonna be with brothers and sisters in Christ. They devoted themselves to discipleship. They said, we're gonna grow deeper in the word. We're gonna read the word of God, and we're gonna be there for the apostles' teaching. We wanna grow. They devoted themselves to ministry, right? They said, we all have spiritual gifts. Let's use those gifts. Let's serve the body. Let's build up the body. They devoted themselves to missions. They gave to anyone who had need. And we saw last week, right, as we talked about missions. And we talked about taking care of the least, the last, the lost. And I just wanna commend you, church. Thank you. You know, last week we talked about sponsoring orphans in Moldova. And we had a goal of 70 orphans. And you guys sponsored 88 orphans. I mean, you just kind of blew it out. I mean, but think about these kids who have a hope and a future, and probably more came in this week. I mean, it's just amazing, but there's something happens when people engage in the things of God. And today we're talking about this evangelism, sharing our faith. And it's not just reserved for a few people, for people who have all the answers, right? It's reserved and called for all of us to engage. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter three, 1 Peter chapter three. So New Testament, toward the back of the Bible, you got 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation, toward the back there, you're gonna find 1 Peter. And I want you to see this. Peter, 1 Peter was written by Peter, right? Who was a disciple, who was a fisherman. <laughs> he was doing a fishing business and Jesus came along and said, hey, leave your nets, come follow me. And that once he left their nets and he followed him. He said, I will make you fishers of men. You know, you're gonna go and share Christ. And, and it wasn't that, you know, Peter had figured it all out. Peter was just following Jesus. Peter becomes a leader in the early church. And, and now he's writing to Christians who've been scattered all over because of the persecution that's come. And, and so he's writing this, and he says in 1 Peter chapter three, pick up at verse eight. He says, finally, all of you, not just some of you, not the ones who've got it all together, right? All of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, Love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. What is he saying? He's saying you should be different. Your lives should look different in the world that we live in today. Yeah. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. 
Anybody else struggle sometimes with that, right? You know, the things that you say, the things that I say, we either build people up or we tear people down. He's like, hey, think about those words that you say. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That God's on our side, that God is with us, that we are in a spiritual battle, that there are things that come against us, but the Lord is fighting for us. Who's gonna harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. You're blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. So remember, he's writing these Christians who have fled because of persecution. He's like, hey, don't just be quiet. Don't just hide. You continue to make a difference. You continue to speak up. And then look at this, verse 15. We're gonna unpack this today. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. He's like, you don't have to beat people over the head with the Bible, right? You don't have to say, I'm right, you're wrong. Just love people and share an answer. Say what God's doing in your life. Give an answer for the hope that you have but do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. (laughs) For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Right, he was put to death. We know he died on a cross for our sins. He was fully dead. He was laid into a tomb. But then he was made alive. The tomb couldn't hold him there, right? Death couldn't hold him down. Jesus is alive in the spirit. And after being made alive, he went and made public proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. You know, you think about all the people then, right? And the judgment that came on the earth, only eight of them were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. He's like baptism, right? You're dying your way of life. You're going under the water. You're being raised to walk in a new life. It's that spiritual transformation. You're dead in your sins and your transgressions, but you're made alive with God. Christ, now it's not the water that saves you. No, it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels and authorities and powers in submission to him. Man, praise God, that is the work of God in our lives. That's redemption, that's grace and that's what God wants to do in the world today and God wants to use each of us to accomplish his will. Hey, if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to pull out a worship guide. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and you can fill in some blanks. But I want you to see this today because I think this is so important for every one of us to kind of get this and then to engage. All right, check this out. Number one, we are all called to share our faith. We're all called to share our faith. Now, a lot of times we hear that, we're like, like, ah, that's not me, right? I don't know, I don't know what to talk about, but. But listen, we are all called to share our faith. He says, finally, all of you, every one of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, 
and humble. Hey, Christianity is not a private faith. You know, there's some people that go, well, you know, my faith is private. Well, that's not Christianity, okay? I gotta tell you, there's some major world religions that you go sit up on a mountain, you try to gain enlightenment. I mean, you know, now, there's times in your spiritual walk that you wanna get outside. There's times in your spiritual walk that you wanna have retreats and get away. But Christianity is to be lived out. I mean, that's what Peter's talking about. Man, live it out. You may be, right, because of persecution that you fled and you're a different place in the world. You're with in-laws, you're with other people. But, but you live out your faith. You love one another. You be sympathetic. You be compassionate. You share Jesus. <laughs> Christianity's not a private faith. Now, I gotta tell you, there's a lot of times that Satan will come along, right, and go, you know what, you can't talk about Jesus. You know, if you start talking about Jesus, you're gonna lose your job, right? Maybe you've been there, right? you know, somebody at work's going through a hard time, and you're like, man, I need to tell them about Jesus, but then I could lose my job. Now, have you ever heard of anybody losing their job because of telling anybody about Jesus? I mean, it'd be at the Supreme Court, right? I mean, there's a whole thing, right, the Constitution about this, right, the Bill of Rights. But, but no, but, but Satan comes along and says, hey, you can't talk about Jesus today. Mm-mm. I mean, they don't want to hear about Jesus. Oh, yeah, people want to hear about Jesus, but we've got an enemy. We are in a spiritual battle, and there's an enemy that says, oh, you just don't say anything. Mm-mm. It's private. Just keep it to yourself. It's okay. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Where'd that come from? Because it didn't come from God's word. No, it didn't, but Christianity's not a private faith. See, Jesus gave us the great commission, not the great suggestion, <laughs> And when Jesus said this, he was saying it to a bunch of fishermen, right? When he says this in the book of Matthew, then Jesus came to them, we saw last week, and he said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It wasn't like he was going to the Sanhedrin, to the professional Christians who had all studied the Old Testament, He was going to these fishermen, these guys who had walked with him for three years. And he's like, okay, guys, I'm getting ready to ascend into heaven. And so now you go. You go and make disciples. You go and teach. And I'm sure they're like, "Uh, I don't know the whole Old Testament, okay? They're coming up with all these excuses, right? I mean, how could you use me? I don't know enough. And so many times, that's what we say. But praise God that those fishermen guys didn't just go, okay, well, I don't know. I'm just gonna go back to my house and sit there. No, the Holy Spirit came and they started the church, right? And the church just comes alive. And it was led by these fishermen guys. It wasn't led by people who had years and years and years and years and years and years of training. It was led by people who had been with Jesus for three years and now we're diving in and we're growing and we're sharing what God had taught them. See, some of you have walked with Jesus for a lot longer than three years. I mean, I've walked with Jesus for a long time, right? And there's a call in my life. Don't just hide it. Share it. Love people. Make disciples. Share with them the good news. That's our calling. Hey, people need the Lord. Guys, we can't miss this. People need the Lord. You know, there is a heightened spirituality right now in the United States and throughout the world, right, because of COVID. This pandemic has showed us all our own mortality. Uh, it's confronted us to say, hey, what's, what's the afterlife? What's going on? And, and there are people who are searching. There are people who are seeking. And they're going to Google, right? They're going to, typing it in. You know, what, what does all this mean? 
I think there's been a pandemic, obviously, of the, of the physical with COVID, but I think there's been a pandemic, too, of the mental. You know, mental health, right, especially in our culture, in our society, in our country, man, I mean, it's at an all-time low. People are struggling today. I was on a Zoom call this week with the mayor of Franklin and then with Amy Alexander. Amy uh, is the director of the Refuge Center here in Franklin. Amy's a part of our church. She's an amazing uh, woman of God. But just talking about mental health in our city, in Williamson County. Do you, do you know this, that um, there's just been a rash of suicides lately? And the, even the, the mayor has said, hey, we've gotta step in, we've gotta do something. And it's heartbreaking. And you're thinking, well, why, that, why is that? I mean, we're in Williamson County, right? We're the seventh wealthiest county in the United States of America. I mean, we're the wealthiest county in all of Tennessee. <laughs> Doesn't money solve all of our problems? No. In fact, money creates more problems many times. People need help, they need hope. People need Jesus. People need the Lord. Do you realize in 2020, every suicide in Williamson County was a man? Everyone. But why? Because men feel this pressure. I mean, you're in the middle of this pandemic and then all of a sudden you've got financial pressure that you're trying to provide for your family. You've got worry, you've got fear, you've got anxiety. And it's not just, hey, we need to give another stimulus check or we need to get some more money for you. It's no, you need hope and you need help from the inside. You need peace and you need Jesus in your heart and your life. And as Christ followers, this is our time. And, and probably like you, like me, man, people are coming and they're just, they're wanting to know, they're wanting help, they're wanting hope. People need the Lord. And, and praise God that somebody shared Jesus with you. Praise God somebody shared Jesus with me. Praise God somebody didn't just sit back and go, well, hey, I hope you figure it out one day. No, 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 no. Somebody engaged in your life and in my life. And now it's our turn and our time. People need the Lord. Hey, look at this, share your own faith story. Share your own faith story. You know, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Revere Christ as Lord. Hey, Jesus wants to not only be your savior, but also your Lord. You know, when people accept Christ, right, you, you commit your life, I'm gonna follow Jesus. You have eternity, you have salvation. But God doesn't take you home right then, right? He leaves you in this world. Why? Sanctification, right? The challenges make you more like Jesus. They, they grow your faith, but also for you to share your faith, for you to help others. And that's why we say, hey, Jesus wants to become the Lord of your life. So when he prompts your heart, you just don't go, oh, whatever. I know I should pray with this person. Maybe I should send a text. Maybe I should send an email. Maybe I should invite them to coffee. Eh, forget it, you know? <laughs> He's like, no, 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 I'm the Lord of your life. I've put you in this situation for a reason and for a purpose. I want you to engage. I want you to love. I want you to care. That's what Jesus wants for us. See, no one can argue with your story. A lot of times I think what keeps us from sharing our faith or, or talking to anybody about Christ is we go, well, what if they ask me hard questions? Right, I mean, what if they ask me about the dinosaurs? I mean, like, you know, has anybody ever asked about this? You know, no, right, but we always think that, that dinosaurs are gonna come up, right? I mean, Satan's telling us this, but ask about some dinosaurs. Right? What if they ask me about, you know, some random passage in the Old Testament, right? No, people don't do that. People wanna go, hey, tell me your story. What's God done in your life? No one argues with your story. They're like, really, did that happen? No, it didn't happen. It's your story, right? It's like, they want to hear your story. 
But Satan comes along and he's like, oh, God can't use you, right? You don't know all this stuff. And you're like, no, you just share your story. Here's what God's doing in my life. Here's where I was before Christ. I gotta tell you, I'm right there with you, man. I was worried, I was afraid. Sometimes I still am. I mean, I still go through struggles. I still have hard times. But when Jesus came into my life, things changed. I mean, I got hope and I got peace and I can't understand it all and I don't get it all, but I wanna tell you, there is a difference in my life. I'm like, man, I want that. I want that. Hey, invite people to church. That's an easy way. Now, I know some people grew up in a church and you're like, I'd never invite them to that church. You know, like, whatever. And I mean, there are places, right? But when you're in a church where God's moving and God's alive, and here's how it works. You invite somebody at work and you go, hey, I don't know what's going on. Maybe this weekend, if you wanna come, check it out. I mean, God's doing some great things in my church. I don't know if you go to church, but I'd love for you to come. They're like, eh, I don't know, we'll see. And then all of a sudden, they show up. You don't even know they're coming, right? And they pull in the parking lot and then they come in, there's people smiling and waving, they may get a cup of coffee, they're like, I never got this at church, you know, like, what, what's going on? They take their kids, they see a big playground, they're like, wow, yeah, these people care about kids, what, what is going on? And their kids have this great time, they come in here, and they're like, I've never heard music like this at church, you know, what's, then they hear the word, and then they go, hey, I just wanna tell you I was at your church today. You're like, what, never even saw you. Oh yeah, I was there, I was there. Hey, you, you mind if we grab lunch? Can we grab coffee? I just got some questions. They're like, man, I'd love to. I'd love to. And you sit down and you just talk. And what an easy way for us to share our faith. Hey, listen to what people are really saying. Guys, this is our time. And there are some triggers that you're gonna hear right now. And whether it's your neighbors, or whether it's your family members, whether it's your coworkers, whether people are gonna be like, man, life's hard. Or people may say, man, my marriage is struggling. Financially, things are really difficult. What do you think is gonna happen in the world? When you start to hear these triggers, you don't shut down, you engage. You don't step back, you step forward. And you go, okay, hey, let me just, let me just tell you. Can I pray with you? Can I encourage you? You know, whenever I've said, hey, can I pray with you? I've never had anybody say, no, you can't pray for me. No, uh, I, they don't. They go, yeah, thanks, that'd be great. Can I pray for you right now? Sure, I need it. Most of the time, they had to break it down just tears, just like, man, wow, you really care. Yeah, I really do. That's where God calls us to step in. All right, look at this. Hey, present the gospel. Present the gospel. It says, always be prepared. So are you prepared? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Hey, gospel means good news. That's what the gospel is. Sometimes I go present the gospel, like, what's the gospel? You know, it just means the good news. I just wanna tell you the good news of what God's doing. If somebody were to come up to you today and they were to say, hey, how do I become a Christian? What would you say? If someone were to come to you and say, there's something different about your life, I want what you have, what would you say? As Christ followers, we ought to be prepared, right? It's just ready to share our faith. I wanna, I wanna just tell you just a simple one that I've always used, and, and there's some different ways out there for spiritual laws, different ways that you can share, but for me, the Roman road has been something that's just really simple. And, and if you've got your phone, I mean, you can put these verses in the note page, you know, you can write them in the front of your Bible, you can put them in your pocket, you can put it in your wallet, 
But, but this is a simple way to sit with down with somebody. It's Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, 10.9 and 10, and 10.13. And it, it is such a practical, easy way for you to share your faith. And so here we go. I wanna just show you this cross illustration. You know, if you go to lunch with somebody and they say, hey, I, I wanna know more about Christ. I want you to tell me more about Christ. You just say, hey, do you have a napkin? Let me, let's grab a napkin. Hey, pull out your phone. Can you go to version on your phone? If you don't have it, that's fine. I got it on my phone. Let me just show you this. And let me walk through a couple of verses with you. Maybe you're sitting down with your kids and doing homework and, and they say, mom, dad, what does it mean to be a Christian? Maybe you're with your grandkids. You just pull out a piece of notebook paper and you go, hey, let me, let me, just, let me just illustrate this for you. First of all, you can kind of see this. You've got this man over here and you've got God on the other side. And in between, there is this giant chasm called sin. It's called sin, right? Here's man, here's God. And, and maybe you can think of your own life. You can put your name, you can put their name, you can put somebody. But there is sin that separates holy God from sinful man. Romans 3.23, let's just look at that verse, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Have you sinned? Maybe you ask them, and they say, yeah, I've sinned. You know that, you know me, right? I've sinned, we all sinned, we've all blown it. I have too. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. That means eternal separation from God. There is this giant chasm, and we're not getting over there. I mean, if you think, right, hey, I could jump over there, I could be good enough, right? Billy Graham never thought he could be good enough. Mother Teresa never thought she'd be good enough. It's like going to the Grand Canyon and thinking you're gonna jump over the Grand Canyon. I don't care if you're like a super athlete, you could jump, you know, 30 feet. You're not making it very far, right? We're never gonna be good enough. But here's the good news, Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While, while we were still sinners, right? We didn't get cleaned up and get our life together to come to God. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news. And hey, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me just tell you, you will be saved, and then you can come along and just kind of finish out the cross for them right there, and say, hey, Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Guys, it comes down to Jesus. <laughs> it just comes down to Jesus. Jesus is the bridge builder. Jesus is the one who stood in your place and my place. Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for your sins and for my sins. It's having a relationship with Jesus that makes a way for man and God to be together. It's eternal life. And it's a simple illustration, but man, it articulates so well how man and God come together because it's about Jesus. <laughs> hey, would you share Jesus? You can't mess up. You can't mess up. And Satan comes along every time. It's like, you're gonna do it wrong you're not gonna get that illustration right. You're gonna put the wrong verse. You're gonna, no, you can't mess up because it's not you. It's not you. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous Jesus, holy God, for the unrighteous, you and me, to bring, look at that, you, to bring you to God. Just let that sink in for a minute. When you were dead and your sins and your trespasses, God made a way. God sent his one and only son. Hey, if you're a parent, what's most precious to you? Your child. God sent what was most precious to him, his son, for you. He loves you that much. See, Jesus does all the work in salvation. 
It's Jesus who does the work. It's not us getting cleaned up. Maybe you grew up in a tradition, a faith tradition that said, hey, it's all about works. You know, you be good enough and, and maybe God will accept you. You know, you, you go to confession enough and, and maybe you tell about your sins enough then, then maybe God will forgive you. <laughs> but when Jesus died on that cross, he died for your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. He died for all of your sins. He did all the work. Look at this, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. <laughs> Praise God. Not by works so that no one can boast. That's why as believers we don't know, oh, I'm better than you. No, 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 no. It is the grace of God. We're all on a level playing field here because of the grace of God. Hey, only God can change a heart. Only God can change a heart. And that's what God specializes in. God loves all people, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. <laughs> and whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's why you start to pray and say, God, work in a person's life, work in their heart. And God, if you wanna use me, use me. But God, you could change a heart. See, we are all called to simply plant seeds of the good news in the lives of others. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter three, Apostle Paul says, you know what? I plant seeds, Apollos waters, but it's God who gives the harvest. I'm just planting seeds. When people are going through a hard time, I just wanna tell them about Jesus. When people are going through a good time, I just wanna tell them about Jesus. I'm just planting seeds. You know what's interesting is, it, we'll, we'll talk about football or shopping or COVID a lot with people, right? But do we talk about Jesus? I mean, the one who will change their entire eternity, that's planting seeds. It doesn't mean every person that you share Christ with is gonna give their lives to Christ, but over time, right, they're gonna hear about Jesus. There's seeds planted in their hearts, and their lives are gonna begin to change when God steps in. So here's the question, who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? Who are you praying for to come to know Jesus Many times in our lives, we'll, we'll pray for whatever we're going through. We'll pray for the crisis. But what if we started praying for people around us to know Christ? About five years ago, uh, I don't know, God just prompted my heart. And I sat down and I, I wrote down five people to pray for. Five people that I knew in my life didn't know Jesus. And, and one of those people was my nephew. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa's sister uh, has two boys and Wyatt, the oldest, uh, they grew up going to church, and, and Wyatt was real involved in church, and then, uh, you know, went off to Murray State, was super involved in church, great friends. Now he's working in Cincinnati at a church and doing great. But the younger one, Luke, Luke grew up playing baseball, really good baseball player. And so as soon as Luke was kind of old enough, they put him in travel sports, and they started traveling every weekend. And so they're gone, and Wyatt would stay back and go to church, and and the family's off, you know, doing baseball. And we're close, I mean, we're super close. Wyatt, Luke, they'd always come to our house, playing games and everything, but, but we could tell early on, we were like, man, you know, there was just this difference when we started praying, praying for Luke, and great kid, great kid. Just love him. Well, Luke goes on, he's playing high school baseball and, and, and things, but Lisa and I have kept praying for him, our girls keep praying for him, and, and we just, you know, we'd send him a Bible for Christmas, or when we were together, we would talk about the Lord, and so nice and great, but his senior year, High school, playing baseball, throws his arm out, has Tommy John surgery, ends up going to Juco ball and plays at John Anthony 
And then he signs with the Louisville Cardinals. So here's Luke, 21 years old, his past years pitching for Louisville, having a great year, right? I mean, lowest ERA in the ACC, just having a great year. It's the last game of the year against Miami. The last game of the year on TV, right? He's throwing and he gets a twinge in his arm. Same arm where he had the Tommy John surgery. And I'm texting him, I'm like, man, praying for you, you know, right there for you. And he's like, you know, thanks, Uncle Jeff. And, and um, went up to see doctors, Cincinnati Reds and, and all that. And they said, hey, it's gonna be okay. You know, you've got inflammation, but it'll be all right. Well, a kid on his baseball team, Ethan, and he played ball with Ethan at Juco College and then Ethan now with, at Louisville. And Ethan, when all that happened, was there for him and said, hey, Luke, why don't you come to church with me just, just this past summer? up in Louisville, and Luke's like, man, I need something. <laughs> man, I'm pretty down right now. I don't know what's gonna happen with baseball, it's been my life. And Ethan brings him to church. <laughs> the next week, Luke calls and says, hey, can I go to church with you again? He goes to church again. And then the pastor says, hey, Luke, why don't you, why don't you read the Gospel of John? He gives him a Bible. <laughs> We'd already given him a Bible, I don't know where that Bible is, but he gave him a Bible, you know. <laughs> but he gets his Bible and he gets, John, and he said, Uncle Jeff, you wouldn't believe it. I read the whole thing in one night. I just sat down and I just started reading the whole thing. It was amazing. And then, you know, I went back and I talked to the pastor and I talked to my friend Ethan, and what I realized is, is that I needed Jesus. And what I realized is that in my life, I always thought I was a Christian. I thought I was a good person. I did good things. I'm a nice guy. But I didn't realize that I'm sinful. Like, there's sin in my life, and I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life, <laughs> And we were FaceTiming with him about four weeks ago and he's like FaceTiming with us. He's, we're all in the bed in our room and he's like, you wouldn't believe Jesus is in my heart, man. And he was so excited. Here he is, 21, and, you know, in the door up in Louisville and he's just like, I gotta tell you what God's doing in my life. And, and we were all like, yeah, you know, we're just celebrating with him. And he says, I want you guys to come up next weekend because I'm gonna be baptized. <laughs> and so I couldn't go, but, but Lisa and the girls, they went up there and, and Luke stood up in front of the whole church and gave his testimony. <laughs> And he said, I just want you guys to know what God's done in my life. And I'm being baptized today because of what Jesus has done. And my life is different. It's changed. I'm saved. And he was baptized right there. He invited the whole Louisville baseball team, you know, guys coming out. And I was just like, praise God. I told Lisa, I said, you find that Ethan and tell him, great job. <laughs> tell him, give him a hug because God used him, you know. But it takes all the people but just to see the joy of a life change, to see what God's doing. And I remember watching Luke's testimony because they sent it to me and he's like, right there in front of the church, he goes, guys, I just gotta tell you, I always had baseball at the top of my life. And then there was, you know, church down here, I never really got to go that much. But what I've realized is that Jesus wants to be at the top of my life. I'm putting Jesus here and whatever happens with baseball, whatever happens, I know my savior. I know that Jesus is with me and I'm living my life for him. I'm living my life for him. And guys, there's nothing like that joy of watching somebody you know, you love, committing their life to Christ. And God gives us this incredible privilege to stand with people in this sacred space. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes in and transforms a heart and a life. Last Sunday after church, I was walking right out here and this mom comes up and she's like, hey, look, my daughter wants to tell you something, Pastor Jeff. And, and the daughter's like, I committed my life to Christ last week. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And the mom's like, we've been praying since she was born. Since she was born. And she's gonna be baptized and I'm just to watch that. Who are you praying for? I just wanna encourage you, you know, make some 
put some names down, just say, oh, God, use me. If it's not me, somebody else, but, but God, I wanna be a part of what you're doing. God, I wanna engage. There's such a joy when you and I just step in and God uses us for his glory. Listen, I don't know where you are today. Maybe today you're going, hey, that story's me. I always thought it was just about being a good person and showing up for church every now and then, but, but what I realized is I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I need forgiveness of my sins. I need to be redeemed. I need to be restored. Jesus, come into my life. I need hope. I need help. Things are hard. Jesus, I commit my life to you. Why not today? Why not today? I'm gonna ask you in just a minute. I'm gonna invite us all to stand. And I'm gonna invite some of our A6 and our C3, some of our prayer leaders are gonna move to the sides. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to respond in one of three ways today. One, you can just worship. And just say, God, thank you for grace. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. You can just worship right now. Two, maybe you wanna go to the side and say, hey, would somebody pray with me? I just wanna know I wanna know that I'm a follower of Christ. I wanna know about salvation, but somebody pray with me. Or three, maybe you just wanna go and say, hey, would you pray for my niece or would you pray for my nephew? Would you pray for my son or my daughter who doesn't know Jesus yet? Would you pray for my coworker? Would you pray with me and for me? That's what they're here for. And so we're gonna have a time just to respond to the Lord and say, God, we wanna engage. God, use us. So let's stand together and let me pray for us right now. Father God, I pray that you would meet us right here in this moment. I pray, Father, that we would respond back to you. But God, I pray that your spirit would fall upon us fresh. God, I pray for anybody here who doesn't know you, God, you would give them the courage to walk over and just say, hey, pray with me, pray for me. I wanna know for sure. My eternity hangs in the balance here. I wanna know. And maybe today there's somebody, God, that you're putting on our hearts. You say, hey, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for this person? And if God wants to use me or he wants to use an Ethan or somebody else, God, just bring them into their life. Or maybe a day, God, we just wanna worship and go, thank you, Jesus, that you did all the work for me, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring me to you. God, I wanna say thank you this morning. So Father, meet us in this moment and change us forever. You are the great I am. You are the holy, sovereign God, and you've got a plan for every one of us. Meet us right here, right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we respond. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.